I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. If you don't believe that you can be a productive business owner, if you are reiterating to yourself day in and day out, week in and week out, that you're not the type of person who can get things done, you will start to believe that about yourself. And so staying accountable to the things that you tell yourself you want to accomplish, staying accountable to your goals is really important and affects so many different areas of your business and of your life, honestly. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder, in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA business strategist and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less. If you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. Earlier this week, I was talking with an entrepreneur who is just phenomenally talented at what she does. And I've been obsessed with her work for years. And she actually booked a coffee chat with me. She's on my email list. And if you're not on my email list, um, you should know that I open coffee chats, just really informal opportunities to hop on a Zoom call, kind of like networking, but a lot more chill, come as you are type of thing. But she grabbed one of those slots this quarter and we got to talk earlier this week. And she was telling me how she's been struggling to launch this course idea that she's had for a long time. And every single week, people are asking her questions that would be answered by this course, but she can never seem to get it out. Yet, she's been asked to teach for other organizations and other events. And she never has a problem pulling together the same type of content for those types of things. But doing it for herself has been extra challenging. It's been a struggle. and. Today, we're talking about accountability. And this is the difference that accountability makes when it comes to being productive and getting things done and finishing those projects on your to-do list and those projects that are going to help you make substantial progress on your goals too. And when we're talking about accountability, I think this topic is so important because what you tell yourself and what you do really matters when it comes to what you're believing about yourself. When you tell yourself over and over again that you're going to do something or you're going to get something done or you're going to launch that course or you're going to finish that project and then you continually let yourself down and don't do those things, you lose faith in yourself. You start believing that you're a certain type of person or a certain type of business owner. It affects the way that you view yourself and it affects your identity. And if you read Atomic Habits by James Clear, he definitely emphasizes the power that our identities, what we believe about ourselves, has on our goals. Our habits are shaped by our identities. If you don't believe that you can be a productive business owner, if you are 
reiterating to yourself day in and day out, week in and week out, that you're not the type of person who can get things done, you will start to believe that about yourself. And so staying accountable to the things that you tell yourself you want to accomplish, staying accountable to your goals is really important and affects so many different areas of your business and of your life, honestly. But the good thing on the flip side of that, when you continually keep those promises to yourself and you tell yourself, I'm going to work on this today, and you work on it that day, you build trust with yourself. And it's one thing to hold yourself accountable. We're going to talk about working with others to hold you accountable too. But when you keep those promises to yourself, whether you have internal or external accountability, you are staying accountable to what you want to get done to your goals. And then that changes the narrative too. It changes your identity and the way you think about yourself as somebody who does get things done, of somebody who is capable of accomplishing their goals. And so... We're going to talk about accountability and I feel like this is pretty low-hanging fruit in terms of productivity methods and like small steps that you can take to be more productive this week. And so we're going to talk about a bunch of different ways that you can hold yourself accountable. And I've also pulled my audience. I asked my audience, like, what do you do to help yourself stay accountable? What's worked? What's not worked? And actually, a lot of people responded with a flat out, like, I don't or... I don't have a practice in place for this yet. I don't really have a method for this. One actually said, I don't. And that's why I love listening to you. So I'm hoping this episode is helpful for people who are in that place. But also I received a bunch of helpful insight and advice and examples of other strategies people use to help themselves stay accountable. And so I'm going to share some of those throughout the episode too. And before we dive in, I just want to give a quick definition of accountability and what we're actually talking about today. The first definition given by Merriam-Webster is the quality or state of being accountable, which is not a super helpful definition if you're using the same vocab word you're trying to define. I hate it when the dictionary does that. But the second definition they give is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. So that's what we're talking about today. How do you make that obligation or how do you develop that willingness to actually accept that responsibility and take ownership of your actions? So like I said, I'm hoping that you can get a quick win today and implement just one of these strategies, but we're going to talk a bunch of different ways, small and big, that you can use to hold yourself accountable and increase your productivity through getting that accountability that you need to make progress on your goals today. So before we dive into the actual strategies, I want to talk about step one. As we talked about last week, productivity starts with clarity. And so before you dive into getting accountability, you have to know what you want to be held accountable for. And very specifically, what are the actions that you need to be held accountable for? What are the goals that you want to be held accountable to accomplish? And it's not just setting goals because as you might imagine, it's not very helpful for you to say, I want to be held accountable to booking 10 clients this month. And then somebody reaches out to you at the end of the month and is like, hey, did you book those 10 clients? Not super helpful because it doesn't help you actually make progress on that goal. But if you say, I want to book 10 clients this month and here's my step-by-step plan and what I need to do each day and each week, the types of things that I need to be posting on social media or the podcast episodes I need to create. And then you ask somebody, hey, will you check in with me each week this month and hold me accountable to doing these things? that's a lot more effective because they can push you to get those things done and help you, give you resources and help you take responsibility for what you're doing day to day and whether or not you're accomplishing those actions or not. So yes, we're talking about accountability and its role in actually achieving goals, but you need to define those results that you want to get, those goals that you want to reach, and then backwards plan and 
list out the actions that you want to be held accountable for taking in order to reach that goal. Okay, so with that being said, if you need to hit pause and think for a second, like what do I really need accountability for right now? What are the goals that I am promising myself that I'm going to make progress on, but am failing to take the next step or am unable to hold myself accountable to doing the work when it shows up on my calendar or on your to-do list? What do you need accountability for in your life or in your business right now. Again, keep that in mind as we go throughout this episode because the type of accountability that might be most effective is definitely based on what type of goal and what type of actions you want to hold yourself accountable to. All right, so different types of accountability strategies. So I'm going to lump these strategies into two main categories. The first one is internal accountability, so self-imposed accountability that you can do on your own. That has more to do with your willingness to accept responsibility, going back to the definition that we were talking about. And then the second category is external accountability. Accountability from other people, external to yourself. And oftentimes, that can fall into the category of an obligation to accept responsibility. So let's start with internal accountability and how to like self-impose that responsibility on yourself for getting things done. The number one thing that you can do, the easiest thing that you can do is actually write down your goals and put them somewhere where you can see them, where you can be reminded, where you can take responsibility every single day and see them and ask yourself, have I taken action on this? Have I taken action on this? And have that constant reminder to get things done, even if it's a small thing. So writing down your goals actually increases the likelihood that you can achieve them by kind of a significant amount. And I think part of that is because it is that continual check-in with yourself. If you get external accountability, somebody else is checking in with you, but you can also check in with yourself and get honest with yourself. And this is actually something that a lot of people mentioned when I asked people how they hold themselves accountable or how they stay accountable to their goals. Here are some examples of what people said. I check in on my goals and progress weekly slash monthly. I do monthly and quarterly check-ins. I go back and look at my SMART goals. I use them as a guideline for my actions. I set mini goals that have a clear ending and deadline. I monitor my finances every month. I track my sales. I track my profit and expenses throughout the year. All of these things are check-ins to help you remember your goals and then actually check in on like, where am I at? What is happening week to week? Am I actually doing the things that I need to get done or is something else happening? Am I getting the results that I want to get or is something else happening and how do I need to react to that? So doing those regular check-ins weekly or monthly, looking at your finances, looking at your stats, looking at the way you spent your time, what was on your calendar, all of those things are helpful in keeping you accountable as long as you're taking action and changing things based on what you learn during those check-ins. And the reason why internal accountability can be difficult for some people is that sometimes when you're looking at things from your own perspective, it's hard to recognize those patterns for yourself. There might be things that you're believing or traps that you're falling into that would be very clear to somebody else who's checking in with you and hearing how you're spending your time or hearing about where you're at financially or project-wise that you might not necessarily be able to see for yourself being that you are in it in the day-to-day. So that's the one tricky thing about internal accountability. You have to be able to recognize those patterns and be thoughtful and introspective for yourself, which is not everybody's strong suit. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about how to get the accountability that you need to reach your goals. Another thing that makes internal accountability a little bit trickier is that it helps to have consequences, like real consequences or real rewards 
that help you stick to your promises that you're making to yourself. And with other people, that's kind of intrinsic with having to tell somebody what you did or didn't get done. But when you're checking in with yourself, you might not necessarily feel the consequence or even the reward, the like good job to hold you accountable to what you're promising you're going to get done. So if there are any real consequences or real rewards that you can create for yourself, if you want to hold yourself internally accountable, those are all good things that can help you stick to your plan. So some real consequence examples. For example, I'm a plant mom. I love my plants. And if I don't take care of my plants, they die. (laughs) That's a real consequence. I have to be their entire ecosystem for them. So if I don't get that project done, if I don't take care of them well then they're going to give me immediate consequences. And I love my plants. So it's a real consequence that actually matters to me. That's important too. Just because it's a consequence or a negative thing in general doesn't mean that you necessarily care about it. Um, A real consequence we all face is late fees. If you have on your list to pay bills on certain dates and times, if you don't get that done in the time that you need to get it done, then you're probably going to get a late fee. That's a real consequence. And also real deadlines. We all tend to set deadlines for ourselves, but if there's no real consequence to meeting those deadlines, it's tricky to be motivated to actually stick to meeting them. When deadlines involve other people, like the example I gave at the beginning of this episode, if other people are counting on you to get something done by a certain time, that becomes easier and you become much more externally motivated to get it done. But if the deadline's for yourself, it's a little bit trickier to maintain that intrinsic motivation to get it done. So are there any real stakes basically to meeting your deadline? Is there a real reward that you care about or is there a real consequence that you care about? Check in on those things to help yourself build in that accountability to your work. Okay, let's go through a few more real life examples of this. Here is an example of a consequence that I place on myself. So my podcast editor, who doesn't know this, he doesn't place this consequence on me. But for me, if I record an episode and ask him to edit it the same week that the episode goes live, then I force myself to tip him when I'm paying my invoice for those podcast episodes. And again, that's something that I impose on myself. It's a rule that I've created for myself, but it's also helping me stay motivated to batch podcast episodes ahead of time and not change my plans and overthink the timing of my schedule for launching episodes and to not change the plans last minute during a week and decide to record something new. So it's a little self-imposed consequence that I do to keep myself accountable to my podcast recording schedule. One positive reward day-to-day, if I finish my to-do list early, then I let myself quit for the day. I don't make myself work until 5 p.m. and come up with more things to get done. If the important things on my to-do list, like my priorities for the day that I laid out at the beginning of the day, get done, then I let myself check out of work and move on to the next thing or read a book or like enjoy my day. I reward myself in that way for being productive and staying accountable to my goals for that day. One deadline that is always helpful is scheduling a meeting to discuss something. So an example of this, I have a meeting, I'm onboarding a VA tomorrow. And so there's a lot of stuff that I had to get done before that meeting so that we can have a productive conversation to her to-do list started to get her access to everything that she needs to do to start working. And having that meeting on my calendar gave me a really solid deadline of when all of those prep tasks had to be done. So you might schedule meetings on your calendar to talk to people about certain topics, and that can be a really solid deadline. Another way that deadlines can come up in terms of strategy are pre-launches. So actually selling 
your offer or your course before it's ready. Not only is it a great way to test the market, but it also gives you a solid deadline for getting that content created and getting the work done with a deadline that actually has some consequences to it. So if you do a pre-sale strategy when you launch your next offer, it gives you a very concrete deadline where other people will be counting on you to create that thing, which is kind of tiptoeing into the external accountability category, but we're going to leave it in internal for now. (laughs) So I hope that that gave you some good ideas on different strategies that you can do on your own to create that internal accountability to your goals, into your projects, into your deadlines within your business. Now let's talk about external accountability. There's research done by Gail Matthews that showed that people who write down their goals achieve significantly more than others. She did a study studying different people who either just thought about their goals or people who wrote down their goals or wrote down their goals and created an action plan. And then people who did all of the above plus had external accountability for those check-ins. And she found a quote, The positive effect of accountability was supported. Those who sent weekly progress reports to their accountability partner accomplished significantly more than those who had unwritten goals, wrote their goals, formulated action commitments, or sent those action commitments to their accountability partner. So people who had those weekly check-ins with an external accountability partner were actually 76% more likely to reach their goals. This is huge. I don't know about you, but I would love to up my chances of reaching my goals with something as simple as sending somebody a weekly check-in. And this is the exact reason why I do weekly check-ins with all of my clients on Mondays and ask them, hey, give me an update. What did you work on last week? This is what was in our plan for this quarter. This is what our plan says that you're working on right now. How is that going? And what is your number one thing you're getting done this week? I check in every single week to get that report and to have them commit to doing something before the next time I check in super important and scientifically backed to help them reach their goals, which is why it's something that I prioritize in my coaching program. And we're going to look at external accountability a couple of different ways. First, you could look for a group for accountability, or you could look for somebody who's a one-on-one accountability partner. And so keep those two different things in mind. Are you somebody who prefers to have a group to hold you accountable, something like group coaching, or somebody who prefers a one-on-one mentor or coach or business bestie to check in with you and hold you accountable that way. So those are two categories, but mostly we're going to look at vertical accountability versus peer accountability and talk about the different types of accountability that you could have in either of those types of relationships. So let's look at vertical accountability first. So Think of this as somebody who is a mentor or has been where you've been, who's gone where you want to go, somebody like a coach or a mentor or even like a personal board of advisors, that vertical relationship to hold you accountable to your goals and help you figure out your next steps and guide you along that path and check in with you when they see that you're struggling or help you point out your blind spots or things that they recognize in you along the way. And one person in the survey did say, my coach provides me with accountability, which is great. (laughs) Love that. In a traditional environment, having a boss would be an example of vertical accountability. Having that responsibility and giving an account to your actions, taking responsibility for what you do and don't get done. That's something that happens naturally within a working environment where you do have a boss that you report to. Vertical accountability can also work the other way. So not looking up to people who are giving you guidance, but also being responsible for the people who work for you. So employees and contractors can also hold you accountable. 
last week, I had a brand photography session with my friend Randy. And I joined her collective membership. So we're doing three sessions this year. And I was thinking when I was getting ready for that, like if this wasn't scheduled and I hadn't hired Randy to do my brand photos, this is not what I would be doing today. (laughs) If I had put on my calendar batch brand photos, which I could totally do for myself and have done in the past, I would have skipped it. Like you don't always need to hire somebody because you're incapable of doing something. Sometimes hiring somebody can give you the accountability to get things done and the accountability to know that it's going to happen no matter what and you're not going to make excuses. So one... Brand photography is always more enjoyable when someone else does it for you. And I hate doing it for myself. But also, I wouldn't have done it. I would have worked on the podcast or something else at my desk and would not have taken the effort to like get dressed up and do my hair and makeup. No way. Another way this happens, like in the personal side of things, is kids and even pregnancy. One of my friends, I remember her telling me when she was pregnant, she found it so easy to eat healthy and to eat less sugar and to pay attention to like fruits and vegetables and the protein that she was getting because she was accountable to her child. She was pregnant. And so her decisions weren't only affecting her, but her child. And I know a lot of parents feel this from their kids too. Your kids pointing out hypocrisy. If you say there's no screen time, but you're on your phone, like kids are good little accountability partners. At least they can be, even if it's a little annoying sometimes, but you can get that accountability from people that you're responsible for too. And my last example for this one is accountability to clients who you're responsible for. I don't know any business owner who doesn't prioritize meeting client deadlines over their own deadlines. That's great external accountability to getting things done. I know that as a brand photographer in my former life, I always felt very accountable to my clients, not only in like deadlines, but also in how I was marketing my own business, I felt responsible for marketing my business in the way that I wanted to help them market theirs. So being an example by having my own brand photos taken and posting them consistently, showing my face, talking about important like body image issues that my clients were having and like being accountable to them in the way that I was showing up and talking about those things on social media, trying not to use filters on stories and things like that. And as a productivity coach, I think I feel that even more because I never want to tell my client to try something or do something that I have not already done myself and gotten results from or that I'm not willing to try and do myself, right? It's kind of hypocritical if I'm like, try out this ideal week thing. It's really, really great, but I don't use it. Or try out ClickUp. It's perfect, but I don't use it. And like... I always want to stay accountable to trying things first and making sure that they actually work and like living my life in a way that is in line with what I teach others to do. Not just saying, do what I say and not what I do. I want to be in alignment with what I'm teaching to my clients. And that's just another thing that holds me accountable day to day, like sticking to my routines and showing up consistently and doing the things that I promise that I'll do. So that sums up some different areas of vertical accountability, being people that you're responsible to or people that you're responsible for. And then the second part of this external accountability category is peer accountability. We can get a lot of accountability and feel a lot of responsibility and even feel a little bit of like challenge or competition by staying in connection and doing check-ins with people who are at the same level as we are. So I think group coaching is obviously the biggest example of this in like the business space or a mastermind, something of that format where you're meeting with a bunch of different business owners who are typically around like the same level or in the same industry or same space of 
business ownership and hearing the questions that they're asking, seeing the results that they're getting and being accountable every week or whenever you do coaching calls to show up and like give a report on what you've accomplished or what you've gotten done since the last time you talked. There's a lot of value in peer accountability. Within a traditional work environment, this would be like coworkers. Being there for your coworkers and being like inspired and challenged and maybe even a little bit competitive with what they're achieving or what they're getting done and feeling responsible for getting your work done because it affects other people around you. So last week, we talked about how to find the right coach and how to know when it's the right time to hire that coach. And I have been actively doing discovery calls with different coaches over the past year and a half and have not found somebody that I could answer all of those four questions for. I just haven't found the right fit or the right timing for the right program. Um, I obviously highly believe in the value of coaching and I think it's super important. But for me at this stage in my business, the main thing that I need is accountability to execute because I am such a perfectionist and that is the main thing that holds me back. Not not knowing what to do or not being able to make the plan. It's making the decision and then trying to make it perfect and taking way too long to actually get things done. And so for me, peer accountability has been huge for me over the past year and a half. Um, My first year after I finished a one-on-one coaching program, I was in a group of entrepreneurs. We met once a month for about four hours and we each had to check in and like the opportunity to say what we achieved over the last month, what we're working on, questions that we had and got so much accountability and was able to see so many patterns in myself from meeting month after month. And after three months, when you're like, hey, I'm struggling with the same thing and haven't made a decision on it. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. Like I need to take responsibility for that because I should have taken action two months ago. So that has been huge. This year, I'm meeting with one other entrepreneur. Same thing, we're meeting once a month for two hours. I also meet with a group called Empower Her and I meet them twice a month for an hour and a half each time. And so it's been really good for me to have that accountability and check-in in my business. And even for myself to come to those meetings and be aware of like, okay, what did we talk about last time? And what have I done since then? Like that mental check-in has been extremely valuable. Another example of this, this was probably early 2021, maybe. I can't remember what year it was. But um, a group in Empower Her started a 30-day real challenge. It was for the month of January and everyone was in a group. And if you did a certain number of reels, like the person with the most reels or the most consistency or something got a prize in that group accountability of people talking about their stats and like sharing when their reels went viral. That was super cool and something that you could consider creating for yourself. And then the last example I'll give is a membership, which is probably the lowest form of accountability because memberships tend to be lower priced. And that's another thing. Like the more you pay for accountability, the more invested you are in it, the more you're going to get out of it. Because if something is free, it's more likely that you're going to make excuses at the last minute and not show up or not take the advice or challenge that you're given seriously. And so there is something to be said in investing in something and actually committing to that accountability partner in order to get the most benefit out of it and actually to feel the most responsible for the results that you get in terms of that accountability partnership. And I just want to finish with a few tips for finding the right accountability partner because there is definitely a right and a wrong way to do this. The very first thing I will say is do not choose a friend or a family member to be your accountability partner. Your friends and your family love you. They want the best for you. 
And they often are not the people who are most likely to hold you accountable and be honest with you, say the hard things, have the hard conversations and point out your blind spots to you. And that's what you really need in an accountability partner. Caleb and I are pretty terrible, honestly, at holding each other accountable. The main way this comes up, I think, is with house projects because we both work full-time and only have nights and weekends to do house projects. But if I can tell that Caleb's had a really hard week or like a hard day and we're supposed to be working on house projects, like I love him. So I'm just like, yeah, rest. Like we don't need to do this. It's fine. Like it'll get done some other time. Like not a great accountability partner at all. So beware of choosing friends and family when it comes to getting accountability. Kind of in line with the episode a couple weeks ago about finding the right coach. Same thing is true for finding the right accountability partner. It has to be somebody that you can trust because this can get pretty vulnerable and it should really feel like this accountability partner is your greatest cheerleader, not like the prison warden who's out to get you and point out all your flaws, right? It should be somebody who is encouraging, who can like point out the ways that you can improve while being encouraging and nice and kind about it and not leave you in like a shame spiral, (laughs) somebody that you're not like dreading checking in with every single week, somebody that's genuinely in your court and wants to see you succeed. And then my last tip for making accountability work for you is to have a concrete plan for check-ins and a schedule in advance and be clear on expectations on what that accountability partnership is going to look like. So for yourself, having that designated time or deadline for you to check in and being clear about what you're checking in with and what questions you're thinking about or reflecting on and what comes out of that or with somebody else having a concrete schedule, whether it's once a month or once a week, and just being really clear on what you expect them to give to you, what you want them to give to you, um, what your boundaries are when it comes to tough conversations, how you prefer to receive that feedback, and ultimately just having a clear understanding of what that partnership is going to look like so that you can right out the gate be clear and get what you want to get out of it with as little hardship and like hard conversations later on as possible. All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope this episode helped you think a little bit differently about accountability and gave you some creative ideas on how you could build more accountability into your business and into your life in a way that's helpful, in a way that's productive, in a way that's encouraging. And again, I'm launching the Business Edit Coaching Program for this fall. I have a couple of one-on-one spots available as well as a group coaching option. And so If you're looking to get one-on-one accountability in terms of productivity and reaching your business goals and being able to map out that step-by-step plan to reach your goals over the next four months, submit the application. I'll link it in the show notes and we'll hop on a discovery call to make sure this is the right fit for you. And applications are due soon. So if you've been thinking about joining this program for a while and are just on the fence or not sure if it's the right fit or not, go ahead and submit that application and we can talk about it and... You'll want to submit it sooner rather than later since the deadline is coming up. So I hope to hear from you soon. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and helped you think differently about accountability and being productive in your business. So take what you learned today and get 1% better this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode, because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. 
And if you want more business minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadevoid.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.